happy holidays to you and yours. We hope that you're spending it around family and friends and loved ones of any kind this year. My name is Crystal McKenzie, and this is the Free Kit Martin Podcast. Over there on the other side of the microphone is my dearest friend in life. Her name is Stacy Stone. And Stacy, uh, you have three children with Kit Martin, so you're the perfect partner, I think, in crime here. Well, thank you, Crystal. Um Happy to be here, and I'm very appreciative um, of you for, you know, I know you haven't personally met Kit. You talk to him on email and, you know, on the phone from time to time, but you absolutely are a breath of fresh air to us to know that there's people out there that haven't even met him and believe in him and know that he's an innocent man. You know, Stacey is a fan of the man, Kit Martin. I am a fan of freedom. And that's really what bonded us together here, you know, and starting to do this, uh, this free Kit Martin podcast, we want to get out to as many people as possible. So if you wouldn't mind, do hit the share button, do hit the like buttons, do all the things that you do to help those algorithms, because it really is the reason that we're doing this. We have to keep his story out in the public so it just doesn't become this dormant thing. And uh, we're just not going to allow that to happen, are we? No, absolutely not. And, you know, hit that subscribe button. That really... It helps us the more, like Crystal said, the more public we are with this, the more likely his story continues to be held in the light and people will know about it. And, you know, there is a public outcry. There are people enraged to know that in America, a conviction of an innocent man without any evidence whatsoever, you know, he could be locked up for, he says four life sentences, but I think in the last Supreme Court appeal, one of those was removed. So now it's three life sentences. So we're working our way through it, aren't we, Christine? Yeah, we sure are. And we still await that decision, by the way, from the Supreme Court. It's the reconsideration we would like on our side of the fence. And when I say the word we, I'm talking about Kit's Army Kit's Warriors. Kit has thousands of followers that help us out with this. But what we would like to do is to just keep this out in the light. And it, the, again, the more you share, the more you uh, subscribe, the more you tell people about it over the holidays. Do do yourself a favor. Um, when you start a conversation about Kit Martin, try to tell the story in just one paragraph. Really work on that. Also, Joan had the phone. We started that, I don't know, probably six, over six months ago, maybe even closer to a year ago. Uh, Joan had the phone is is trending all over social media, and we want to keep that going as well. And why do we want to do that? Because those hashtags, when you hashtag something, it is basically the subject matter of a topic. And so it, our topic, obviously, is free Kip Martin. That is the big hashtag. But the second hashtag is Joan had the phone. In December of 2015, you learned that the AT&T store on Fort Campbell Boulevard in Hopkinsville had come into possession of Pam Phillips' cell phone. Is that right? That's correct, sir. Did you get a call from an AT&T employee? No, sir. Good dispatch? Yes, sir. Okay. And did you respond to the AT&T store? I did, sir. Okay. And I believe your report indicates you watched video. Uh, the, the store itself had surveillance video. I did, sir. And you watched that video, and it was clear that Joan Harmon was the person who brought this phone in. It appeared that way, yes, sir. Okay. Your report says, when I viewed it, meaning the surveillance video, it was apparent that the person was Joan Martin. So is that right? Yes, sir. 
And I just wanted to tell you, Stacey, when I was on my vacation, it did start a little bit of World War III between some very good friends of mine out in California and my my boyfriend, my current boyfriend. Um, We started this conversation, and even my own boyfriend didn't realize that this whole thing centered around this woman named Joan until I came in with the T-shirt on, and it has the hashtag, Joan had the phone, and that's what they want to know about. So that's what we're going to keep the topic at today, right? We're just going to talk about Joan again today. There's plenty to talk about for sure. In fact, Crystal, let's let the public know before we uh, let that slip away. There's a group of supporters that are working behind the scene. And actually, the document was found today that Joan has legally changed her name. Yes, she has. So if you're out there and you run across Joan Harmon Guerra, she's added one more name to her list of names, and she is legally Adele Joan Gritton. But isn't, wait a minute, isn't she a felon? I mean, she's a felon because she told Kit she was married to him, actually went through with the ceremony and was still married to someone else. And I know that she did a little jail time for that. Uh, so, so I mean, maybe a day or two of jail time for that. But that's f- a felony, right? Can you change your name after you have a felony? She did receive a felony. She was, there was some agreement that if she didn't get in any trouble for five years, uh, I don't know if that was expunged or how that works. I, You know, this has been the first situation with any kind of criminal law that any of our family has really been involved in. So I'm not familiar with that, but I do know that in reading of someone who has been convicted of a felony is not supposed to be able to change their name unless they go before a judge and they plead a case. They're scared. They're, you know, and that's right. been her, what she's done all her life. Absolutely. A, yeah. You know, she's been so, crying wolf her entire life. She's always been a victim. Always been a victim, and she's gone before a judge, and I will say it wasn't Judge Atkins, but she did go before a judge, plead her case, and apparently there was an order written that she could change her name, and this actually incidentally happened just a couple months after after Kit was arrested. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So she's changed her name now to Adele Joan Gritton. Right. Yes, that's right. And Gritton was actually, or is actually, I don't know if he's still her stepfather, but at one time she had a stepfather with the last name of Gritton. So I guess she wasn't very creative and she kept that name. So yeah, when, last time we talked to Kit, part two of Kit Martin calling our podcast, by the way, is now up. And you can listen to that if you haven't already. But he explained that Mr. Gritton was a sheriff, I think, out in Oregon. Yeah, That's fascinating. Right. That's what he said. Absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Um, that she, I mean, she's waving that name around like it's a flag, you know, and it's just some guy that was in her life for a little while in Oregon. That's what it sounds like to me. And like, like Kit said, he met the guy and he's a really nice guy. So, um, uh, there, we were on the, uh, you know, horn with, with Kit in the last episode. When I say the horn, we, uh, we get him on the phone and then we share our duties and he was calling both Stacy and I, and it worked out well. I could hear him well. Right. I mean, it was it was good enough. Uh, but, you know, we, we did go over um, all kinds of things. And one of the things that brought up 
uh, the fact that we're going to do a Joni episode today, is that Kit is in a pretty, I don't want to call it an amazing facility, but they do some pretty cool programs at the Eastern Kentucky Correctional Facility. Uh, and they have a canine program. And we were wondering, because he had Sarge, the dog, you know, and he loved German Shepherds and he loves his service dogs from the U.S. Army and everything. So I'm just thinking, you know, wow, I asked him just kind of, hey, are you involved in the canine program? I know they have a cool one there. And he said, no. And can you tell us why, Stacy? why he can't be a part of it? I'm sure it was some charge that Joan had filed on him at some point. That's what he um, was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so, it, so that was another reason. We were just like, hey, it looks like we need to do another Joni episode and just take it into the second gear. We've already gone into first gear with her and you've heard about uh, cut up animals in mailboxes that uh, the children of Kit and Stacy have found. You've heard all kinds of stories uh, from us here on this very podcast, but we are going to slip that into another gear today because now that you know that this woman has changed her name, I think, for the fourth time that I even know of. And I've only heard about this woman in life, you know, for the last, what, three years or so since the trial happened on Court TV. Uh, By the way, if you haven't watched the Kip Martin trial, you may not even know what we're talking about. We're talking about his ex-wife who wasn't really married to him. Uh, and she was uh, convicted of, of bigamy and um, and then was protected all the way through the court case in which an innocent man went to prison for three life sentences, actually four, but like Stacy just uh, explained to you, because the Kentucky Supreme Court just went over the case. They have dropped the complete BS charges that were trumped up on him on as far as the arson uh, part of this story. So that's all been taken care of. And uh, what we're waiting on now is the reconsideration from the Supreme Court. And then God only knows what we're going to be able to do because innocent projects or whatever, we will be getting in talk. In fact, Kathleen Zellner herself would probably want to be a part of the Kit Martin story, I would think, because she is famous for these kinds of stories. And anybody who watched that that trial, you know for sure that there wasn't one piece of evidence. So didn't you say there was like over 100 pieces of DNA and not one matched Kit Martin? 108 pieces of DNA. In fact, when he moved to North Carolina, they were still coming to North Carolina and doing swabs of his mouth and pulling hairs out of his hair. Still, even after he moved to North Carolina, they were still going after him. And so... Um, and 108 DNA samples, right? Nothing came back to him. How do we convict somebody with 108 DNA samples and nothing coming to him? Well, nothing. I'll tell you one way that that would probably come to mind is that somebody was bought and paid for. And, uh, I just saw a big railroad job there. I mean, your ex-husband was really and truly railroaded. And I mean, in the coal mining state, you know, raked over the coals in the coal mining state. Uh, It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen, and I couldn't believe it was happening in this country. And again, I'm just a big fan of freedom. I'm very, very grateful to our United States Armed Forces for serving and fighting for that freedom. And I don't take one minute of any of that for granted. I've been to too many countries, and I know what it looks like when a country is not free. And we are absolutely we are a absolutely. free we are a free society here, and there are people that fought for that. There are pe- many of our grandparents died for that very cause, and the hell if I sit here and just allow the state of Kentucky to rake this man over the coals. I don't care if I've ever met him or not. 
just as a fan of freedom who doesn't take it for granted, we have to do something. And so what we're going to do is keep our voices going. And you know, Crystal, I mean, Kentucky, that's been our experience. But as we have gotten into Kit's case more and more, I've become so aware that this is the pandemic. It is. Across the whole United States. There's these cases that I'm seeing in everywhere of wrongfully convicted people is just a horrible epidemic. It truly is. It really is. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, that you're the fan of the freedom and the military, the military people, soldiers who fight for our freedom. And I am too. Uh, I served for a short time, six years. Yes, I was going to say, you are one of those people. It means a great deal to me. And you mentioned also that I am a fan of Kit Martin. The person, the man, I am. But what I am even more a fan and convicted about is right and wrong. And this is so wrong on so many levels. It sure so, is. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you just, let's talk about, John. We let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So, All you right. go ahead. All, All right. right. Let me start with a story. Um, you know, I've never met Joan. I know uh, the only thing I know are these stories. And so, as I get, as I start to bring them up, Stacey, you're going to have to finish them because you have lived this nightmare and you know this woman. Um, you know her so well. You were terrified. And now, you have just told me recently that your son actually slept with a gun next to him. What I found out years later. Because my sons are, are our sons, Chris and my sons, we're, they're grown. But what I learned later in conversation with him is after he would go visit his dad and Joan, he would come back to our house where he lived with me and he slept with a gun in the nightstand. You know, he was a hunter. He was a trap shooter. He was on the Claybuster team. So he... You know, it wasn't like I kept guns from him because, you know, we're in Tennessee and right. everybody wow. uses guns, hunting and that kind of thing. But he had slept with a handgun in his nightstand. You know, I didn't go through his nightstand. I mean, it might make me sound like a bad mother that I didn't know that with him being a teenager. But he slept with a handgun in his nightstand beside his bed because after he had spent some time with her on visits, He was literally afraid she would come in our house and kill me and him and the other kids because, because she, you know, I don't know exactly what she said to him or exactly what she done. I wasn't there, but I know she instilled fear in him. And that infuriates me to know that my teenage son and sons and maybe daughter, that they lived in fear of this woman. It's just unthinkable. It truly is. I can't even imagine the life that you've led with um, her being in your life in any way. And like your, one of your best friends said to you, this woman is going to bring nothing to your children, nothing to your lives, nothing good anyway. I mean, that's just incredible. And when people can pick up on that right away, I don't know, there's something about Joni. The other thing that I want to bring up here is that I've heard a story and it was one of the people that testified in the trial, but we are going to leave the names out of this. Uh, this man, okay. this man, um, his wife went into the hospital. Can you help me with this story, Stacy? Absolutely. Um, there was a man that lived in the little town of Pembroke where that was the scene of all these crime scenes. And he was a contractor in Pembroke. 
and he worked on several houses in this area, putting roofs on, doing additions, that kind of thing. And he spent a lot of time actually doing an addition that Joan had ordered um, in this the house that she and Kit were. It was an older house, and they were rehabbing it, remodeling it. And so his wife goes into the hospital, and she goes. We, I'm going to tell. I don't know if I'm telling this in order, but she goes to the hospital. Joni, Joni goes to the hospital. Yes, Joan. Joan, yep, Adele Joan Gritton goes to the hospital and she visits this contractor's wife. While she's there, she tells this wife who is sick in the hospital that her husband, the contractor, had made a pass and had come on to Joan. Now, why would you go to a hospital to tell a sick woman something like that in the hospital? Just awful. So, so later, this contractor went to see his wife. And he's gone from his house. He comes home. Joan is in his house cooking a meal for him and his kids. Oh, my God. I I don't know how she got in. I don't know if the kids just let her in, if she made some story up. But she's in his house. I have chills. She tries to to kiss him. No, she did not. Did she really? Yes, she did. And this is not... Stories by Stacy. This is documented from a private investigator that interviewed all of these people. We have the documents. So this is not stories we're making up. No. This is fact. Nothing this alleged is- about this. This really happened. Yes, it is. And, and I don't know if it's because this contractor knew so much on her because he had come forward and actually made statements that he was afraid that Joan was going to, it was going to end up bad and that she was, the workers, his workers refused to go back to that house because they saw a Glock or some kind of gun she had in the back of her pants when she was walking down the stairs. Her shirt came up a little bit and they saw this gun. They refused to go back and finish the work because they made a state statements to this contractor that they said she's going to kill somebody. Oh my God, Stacy. And this and that woman was testimony. You can see that testimony on court TV in the trial. Yeah. And this is documents that we have. So again, it's not stories by Crystal, stories no. by Stacy. This is facts. This is documented facts. And go listen to the first Joni episode that we did here on the Free Kit Martin podcast. And I mean, there were there were points I broke down in tears during that conversation, thinking about what your kids have gone through. Uh, I just can't even get my head around having to deal with that kind of evil. And so there's this evil energy, I'm sure, that you just don't want to deal with, right? But it was front row center because it was dad's girlfriend and then wife. I can't even imagine what you went through. No, well, you know, Crystal, I think maybe for our listeners, if you don't mind, just real quickly, it won't take long because I pretty much have this memorized from reviewing the reports and reading them because I was so mind blown. But just to give a little history to the listeners so that they'll understand, you know, who is Joan? What are we talking about? Because we keep hashtagging Joan had the phone. Well, who is Joan? Right. Right. Uh, so, so Joan was the woman that Christian Kit Martin, our American hero thought he was married to after he and I divorced, but actually she was convicted later of bigamy because she was still married to a man by the name of Carlos Guerra. Uh, but 
in the private investigations, the investigators went through and got a basic history, acquired a history on her. He, they interviewed her family and uh, her immediate family. Now you're talking about mother, father, sister. Uh, that's really sad that they have to even, I'm sure that's hard on them to have to say these things about their own blood relative. But they said in the 1980s, you know, she was a frequent runaway. She abused alcohol and drugs. And even in between 85 and 86, when she was 15 or 16, she ran away from home and her parents were trying to find her. And when Joan realized that her parents were about to find her, she went to a local agency. Uh, I think this in the county of, I think it's Solano, S-O-L-A-N-O mm -hmm. in California. And it was that she went to the child protective services and she made false allegations and said that she had been physically and sexually abused by her father. And later in court, it was learned to be unfounded. So she, her family members said that she continued abusing alcohol and drugs and she got involved in minor crimes such as thefts, uh, well, armed robbery. I don't call that so minor. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also recorded statements by her immediate family. She had been a habitual liar her entire life, but we know this. And sometime after that period, her parents then divorced and her, she moved with her mother to Oregon and she met a man by the name of Michael Adkins. And they lived together for two or three years and she got pregnant with her first child, her son. And, you know, his name is already out there, Crystal. So I'm going to, I am going to put that name. Oh, of there, course. But, yes. But they named him Justin Michael Adkins and both Michael Adkins, the father and her mother were at the hospital with her when he was born. But two or three months later, she leaves the father goes to live with the mother. She's there about a month and then she just absolutely leaves and somewhere along the way, in all her fraudulent activity, she changes this child's name to um, Justin Elijah Harmon. And we know him as EJ or Justin or Elijah. But she changed it to Justin Elijah, but then started calling him EJ for some reason. So wow. anyway, some way fraudulently she done that. And then she left him. And later in years, she met a gentleman by the name of Carlos Guerra. And she tells the story of Carlos is, well, let me back up. They have two children together, two girls. Mm -hmm. And then she leaves him and she meets Kit. And she tells Kit that this Carlos is a Guatemalan so special forces soldier who specializes in killing with knives. And absolutely had Kit believing that the man was trying to find her and kill her and had abused the children uh, wouldn't let her daughter brush her teeth. And that's why they were a little rotten when she was a toddler. It was just really, the story was just, you can make this stuff up. I've said this before on Lifetime Movie. Yeah. So she sings this song again. You see this pattern. She sings this song to Kit. And at this time, she's a very pretty woman. And she's got these men just believing she's, she's all that. And they don't see the evil in her that women are more likely to see through, in my opinion. If I could say what she told Elijah about his daddy, Michael Atkins, she told him he had been killed in a logging accident and had been decapitated. And later, when we move forward to one of the hearings, they bring over on video or actually a, a recording, a sound recording, and they poor Elijah, EJ, they have him on the stand and they ask him, you know, who's your mom? Who's your dad? And he starts talking about his dad. And he said, well, my dad, my dad died. And 
Well, how do you know that, Elijah? Uh, well, my mother told me. Well, your mother would never lie to you, would she, Elijah? No, my mother would never lie to you. Well, Elijah, meet your father. Oh, and his head wow. is and his head is and his head is very much attached. I felt so sorry for the kid. But at the same time, this, you know, this is Joan fabricating these ideas. And what she had actually, because we meet Carlos, fast forward, Carlos Guerra, we meet him because he comes and testifies at the court martial for Kit Martin. And he's this nice man who is absolutely scared because she tells him, if you try to come find your daughters, I will tell them that you're illegal and I'll have you deported. And, you know, and he, oh, he and he scared him to death and come to find out he's the sweetest man you ever meet. He was so nice. It sounds and, like a lot of the people she chose were just kind of innocent, you know, dudes. I mean, you know, uh, you know, really nice guys. I mean, every single exactly. one of them. She knew how to pick her targets a little bit naive, sweet. And when I say naive, trusting yeah. men that that probably never, ever did anybody bad. So they had no reason to believe there were people like that out there. Oh, my so, God. You know, that's kind of the background on who Joan is. And then fast forward, you know, Kit asked her for a divorce, said, I want a divorce because he had he had caught on to the lies and, and the things that she'd done. And there have been many of them in the marriage. I mean, just unbelievable things to me. Um, and he told her he wanted a divorce. And she says, I will ruin you. I know how to do it. I will say you abused me. Um, that's, I don't have the exact quote, but right. basically that's what she well, said. Your daughter Mackenzie went on the stand and told that entire story brilliantly because she was standing right there when it happened. But basically, Joni went right at the throat of Kit Martin said, yeah, I will I will ruin you. I'll ruin your uh, army, your military career, and I know how to do it. And uh, vowed that she would. There's a book being written called I Will Ruin You right now. That is the Kit Martin story, the wrongful convictions. And I say plural, convictions, because there was a court martial and a criminal case. And the court, it all started actually before the court martial. And it all started with Joni being a damn victim again. And if you think, I'm telling you something. We are so irately mad that we can't find this woman right now. I want every person listening to this podcast to listen and listen closely. We need to find Adele Joan Gritton, G-R-I-T-T-O-N. Uh, what is our last known address? Bowling Green, Franklin, Kentucky. I want to emphasize, Crystal, we aren't trying to find her to do anything to her. We want to find her, number one. I, I Yes, I have grown children, but they're still my children. And I believe... And I do not have hard evidence, except she had the phone, and we can talk about that later. Right. But I believe she was involved in these murders. And what's one more when there's already three? And I, I fear that. You know, if my son was so afraid that he thought he had to protect our family, you know, then that's a fear. But it's not so that we can do anything to her. It's so that we know where she is. And another part of that is, She's already had so many men victims in her life that, you know, we don't want there to be somebody else out there that she's pulling the same thing on. We just don't want that to happen to anybody. No. And, you know, and Crystal, I feel like we need to connect the dots a little bit because, you know, when you say court martial, people get, especially somebody that's been in the military before, they get a little bit of a bad stigma and they go, well, this man was court-martialed. Mm -hmm. But what they're not understanding is 
the court martial and the murder, the court martial trial and the murder trials, they're connected. They are. And it was all instigated by John. Well, her new name is Adele Joan Gritton. We know her as Joan Harmon Guerra Martin, but she accused Kit Martin. It was 14 or 15 counts of sexual molestation of her kids, sodomy. I mean, you would not believe the charges she drummed up again. You know what her motive was, Crystal? No. If she could ruin him, first, her first motive was to be vindictive because he did. He mm. was going to divorce her right. until he found out he already wasn't married to her because she was still married to Carlos. But if she had won, she was going as a military quote unquote spouse, she was going to be entitled to $250,000. That's a pretty big motive. And we got toward the end of that court-martial. And investigators had talked to Cal. That was one of the murder victims. Yeah. If it was determined that he was tampering with evidence, and again, I'm not quoting word for word. This is my summary of what happened. That he would be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. He was told that very opinion, clearly by our investigator. And yeah, uh, and nobody minced any words. And the other thing no, that was didn't. brought up, and it was brought up very clearly, as a matter of fact, we're going to play it for you here. Mike Kanzaki calling out Cal for the affair he was having with Joan. Anyway, the, the concern, I think, one of the things that you should probably think about here, too, is that there's statements that are different, okay, from Joan, from you, from what the FBI is telling the Army, and then there's a period of time that at least a couple of months before these things were turned in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the question is going to be I'm sure it's going to be why? Why do those things happen? And I'll explain that on a standby. What do here? I mean, I, I, I literally, I've given, I've tried to be an honest broker. So, <laughs> Joan, Joan never told you where this thing came from. They were kind of discovered by accident. You saw them, you recognized what they were, and then you turned them over to the FBI. Well, and, and that was the, I mean, that's the, the, the cliff notes of it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of time has gone since on this. Right. But the reality of it was an honest broker got them. Yeah, because I'm under, under the understanding that um, you're planning on testifying in the court-martial, is that correct? Don't know. I haven't been know called. Okay. You know, so I mean, I, I hope not. I hope they're, realistically, I hope that they can work something out with, without, you know, regard. Okay, okay. so that's, if, that's if, my if you do, the only thing is just to testify honestly as to what, you know, you know. Um, you also have to kind of think about and consider that there may be some other questions that may be asked of you that might be uncomfortable. Whatever. Um, one of the things, the information that the Army has is the fact that apparently you were having an affair with Joe. Okay. Okay, that's what they have. So what? Okay, well, <laughs> it, it brings in a motive. You know, okay. well, there is, there is, and that's why I say, whenever you look at the disc and you look at the information, that stuff stands on its own. That's free from anybody's right. hand. But the thing is that you got to think about here too is that these but are there's the no questions. motive. There's no motive there. Well, I, I mean, if the anybody could could come 
come across with a motive with that. If you're having an affair with a woman that's involved in this situation, the, the thing is, everybody's going to make that out to be what they will. And okay? that's fine. That's you have your I, viewpoint on it. She has her, her viewpoint on it. From the outside in, Calvin, it doesn't look good. Okay, okay? well, that's great because the information on the discs that is speak for itself. So there you have it. I think that's proof enough to put right out there that it's no longer a secret. It's no longer, uh, hey, we can't talk about that because Judge Atkins said so. But Cal and Joan were having a relationship. And it wasn't just, I don't know that it was just a sexual relationship. I think he was in her grip. What do you think? I do think that, you know, she had a way of just mesmerizing these men I, I don't know if it was her blue eyes I don't know what it was but her way with them she just had so many men that would just believe there were few that that could actually see through her but you know not only do we know by Cal's own statements on that recording that he says so so what when they said he was having an affair we know there were other people, and we have written statements that also said at least two that testified. Or I don't know if they were on the stand and we were allowed to get that out, but we actually have written documentation that they saw Cal and Joan having sex. Yeah. So obviously, they had something going on. And again, we're not trying to be disrespectful to the deceased. But facts are facts, and we've got an innocent man locked up for something yeah, that was, he didn't do. That was the police officer that walked in on Cal and Joan. You know, that's Officer Goforth. I'm throwing the name out there. Is that okay? Yeah, there was Goforth, I mean, that's, and then there was also a civilian who wasn't an officer that I don't want to put his name out there. Yeah. But he was somebody that had been working, and he had walked up to the barn, and he saw them naked in the barn having sex. He saw it, and he was willing to test it. He was willing to write that in his written testimony. I don't think we were able to get that out in the trial. Here's the other thing I want to do, Stacey. I want to go ahead and play for our listeners a little snippet here. Uh, this is what um, our investigators came up with. They went into the soda shop, they sat down, and they pretended that they had a daughter and that she was somewhere else down south and that this daughter was being raked over the coals, if you will, by a, an army person and just needed some advice. And boy, wonder who had the advice, Stacy. Joan Harmon. I've been to Fort Hill five times. That. Right. Well, and the only thing, the only thing they didn't throw exactly. The only thing they didn't throw out of the court was the missing paperwork. What? Missing paperwork. Missing paperwork. I left the house with a shirt on my back. My divorce papers from my first husband were in the house. The court lost record. And he has the only copy. So therefore, he says I committed bacon me because I can't believe I was divorced from my first husband. Oh my God. So I was slapped with bigamy charges, which is a felony in Kentucky. Class D felony. A minimum of one year in prison. Finally, turn the papers over, so. He says he can't find them. He doesn't know where they are. So the marriage was annulled. I lost everything. And after the marriage was annulled, he got the house, he got the retirement, he got the cars, he got the furniture, he got everything. Then he pressed bigamy charges against me. 
somebody else supposed to press charges against you? Like, oh no, he's the victim. He's the victim. Oh. Oh yeah. Yes. I can see this whole nightmare. So now I go to probation for a year, and then they remove it from my record because I'm a first-time offender and I'm 44 years old. I've never been in trouble for anything in my life. Yes. And they know he's harassing me. But legally, they That's have like to the do. Yes, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't know which is worse, when we were being hit, or when I left him and I got legally and financially abused. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm glad she's not sitting here with me right now because it's probably scary enough to go back down there. Well, a lot of wives get back together with their officer husbands because they do this to them and they scare them and they financially cripple them and they hurt them and so they get back together with their abusers. And the best thing they can do, honestly, is go move into their parents and get as far away as possible. And that's right now. Two, if visitation happens and she states away, it's going to be harder for him to come see his kids. And then, this is, I'm just being honest here, he'll be less likely to kind of see them if there's a greater distance. But, if she stays down there and they get a divorce, she can't leave the states. So it's smarter for her to move right now, before the divorce papers start. You see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Because she won't be able to leave the state if there's a divorce and visitation. She'll have to stay down there. She'll have to stay down there. Until her kids turn 18. Lord, please help me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, let me keep this child. So the smartest thing you can do right now here. is get her here. Stay here. Give me to go, boss, when you get a chance, honey, and we'll get out of your hair. I have to thank you so much. I didn't mean to bother you. The only reason I am where I am is because I was a major swipe for over 10 years and I knew the system. Because I used to be the family supporter and I knew all the programs and all the people. So tell her to call me when she gets here. Okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay? It's God. Thank you. He led me here today, I guess. Yes, he did. That's all yeah. I can say. And our last day of hell is December 1st. And then we're yeah. done. And I, I left him three years ago. And it's still going on. Three years. That's a nightmare. It is. And the kids don't need to Did he give you any group hotel custody or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Because after the court martial, he goes to prison. But before the court martial date was set, he uh, got an attorney and is trying to get custody. But if he's going to prison, how's he going to So there you have it, Stacy. There is Joan teaching the world how to take on the U.S. Army and win. And boy, it sounds like she knows what she's doing. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, she could get up and teach a class. Uh, uh, here's how you get over on the military. And, you know, I know we can get into this on our next episode, but it's really sad that she's sitting there telling people how to get over on our military soldiers. And then they're in some ways protecting her. Absolutely. Anyway, I'll just leave that right there. You leave it right there. I want everybody to have a great Christmas. Uh, Stacy. you and I are going to get together the week after Christmas. I would like to see you when you go see Kit again. So I'm thinking about a trip to Kentucky, and maybe you and I can get a hotel and, you know, just hang out for, for a day or two. But um, that's That would be great. Yeah, that's something we can work on later. But I know you're going to go see Kit in the next week or so, and I just want you to let him know on behalf of all of his 
supporters, man. There is so much love and so many prayers going on, and we will not stop until that man is free. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you all, and thank you so much for listening. Again, please hit that subscribe and share button because we have to keep Kit Martin's name out in the light so that we can help him to get his freedom. And always hit us up if you have a tip, if you know where Adele Joan Gritton Harmon, what's her name is, we need to know. And the only reason why we want to know is we just feel unsafe not knowing where she's at. And we'd like to invite her to be on the podcast with us. She's going to have to answer the hard questions though, right, Stacey? Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. It's the Free Kit Martin podcast and email us at freekitmartin at gmail.com. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening.